0: The uh, Obama-Biden administration deported more than 3 million Americans. My question to you is if an individual is living in the United States of America without documents, and that is his only offense, should
1: that person be deported? No. Depending if they committed a major crime, they should be deported. And the president was left in a, President Obama, I think, did a heck of a job to compare him to what, what this guy's doing. In our poll this morning has Biden's approval rating at 33%. That's historically low, low for
2: him, low for an incumbent president, it's 15 years since we've seen numbers that low. And on the economy, it's even actually worse. Only 31% uh, say that they approve of Biden's handling of the economy. Are you,
0: ready? you know, You uh, know, Biden looks like a genius for bailing out on the Iowa caucus. Today is caucus day in Iowa. The Caucasians will come out and will vote. Now, it's really true. It's really true. People who are participating in the caucus will come out and vote. And uh, we will see what the results are going to be. Yes, I know it's cold. I understand it's cold. But the places they're gathering are warm. So you'll only be outside for a little while while you're driving. And then you'll go inside to where it's nice and warm. And then you'll go back out to your car and you'll drive back home where it's also warm. But they're making this huge deal about the weather. Look, it's winter. People have known for months that the Iowa caucus is going to happen on this date on January the 15th of 2024. They uh, they have mucklucks and parkas. And they have all the stuff that they need to get out there to these things, and these people are motivated. How do we know they're motivated? Well, you just heard from Jonathan Carl. I mean, the, the the poll numbers for the administration right now, putrid. I mean, just absolutely putrid. he's got a 33% approval. Who is that? Is that just the, the the Biden family that is saying he's doing a great job? I mean, this is an incredible reality of things. But when you look at what is underway, you have to understand something here. I understand that people on the left like to talk about the democracy. I heard Pete talking about that with Mike uh, just last, um, last hour. The democracy, the democracy, got to protect the democracy. I am in the business of saving the republic. We have got to stand up for the republic. The democracy is, is, is merely a concept. The republic is a reality. And we must defend the republic. I understand completely how it is that we've gotten to this place. And I understand that there are many of you who are very confused right now about where we are as a country. And I'm going to help you understand why this is all happening in real time. Many years ago, many, many years ago. Like 16 years ago, you were told by a group of people who were seeking the nomination of the presidency that your country was going to be transformed. They told you they were going to do it. And over the course of the coming 16 years, it's been 16 years that this institution has been transforming your country 16 years let that sink in you 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 have to understand that 16 years is 192 months for 192 months your country has been fundamentally transformed 192 months 30 days in a month. 30 days in a month. And you have to understand what it is we're looking at here. You are seeing your country changed, changed in a substantial way, in ways you never thought you would see. You never thought you would see that your country would change like this. You never once believed that that could come to pass. But it did but it did and so for 192 months the chipping the striking the attacking the breaking the demolish meant of this republic has been underway but for a four-year period of time so for 12 unadulterated years, minus that four year period, this country has been transformed. Why? Because it's about wielding power. It's about understanding that the people who are on the other side, the people who wanted to transform this country into a democracy wanted to do whatever it took and would do whatever it took to bring you to this place, misery, miserable, worried, concerned, And you look at the institutional damage that has been done for the 192 months that have happened. You look at the institutional damage that has been done. Your cities are no longer safe. Your military is in a shambles. We are involved in wars around the world, hemorrhaging money, wide open borders, cartels, CHICOMs, you name it. They're all coming at us because the ramps have been opened. And it is going to take a very long time and a lot of effort to fix this. It is not going to be fixed in a year. It is not going to be fixed in four years. It is not going to be fixed in 20 years. This is a, this is an, a, a, a country that is very, very ill right now. It is not dead. And it is not dying. But it is very, very ill by... The experimentation that goes on with freedoms and liberties and all of those sorts of things. The contention that these experts in Washington are smarter than you. We are in the great fight, not just for the United States, but for civilization itself. That is the stakes in this fight. It's not about... Republicans or Democrats. It's about patriots and those who seek to bring your nation to its knees. It is no less serious than that. The barbarians were at the gates this weekend and they intended to begin to tear our foundations apart are you prepared to head out and to stand on the ramparts to defend not the democracy the republic And a very happy king day to everybody out there Um, the man who made the ultimate sacrifice in terms of defending civil rights an American hero, we should always remember that. Seven oh four five seven zero eleven ten. So the whole reason why I was mentioning about the caucuses and I was saying the, the Caucasians are going to vote is because if you know, Caucus Who are the people who come from the Caucasus, the Caucasians? Is that technically the term? Uh, I'm being a wise guy. So don't take it too personally. Everybody's wound a little tight, and we certainly want to give you an opportunity to to think about things from a variety of perspectives. So let's go over here to conservative review. Reagan Reese, White House correspondent. Now, this is a big story. This is a story that dropped uh, earlier today that maybe many of you didn't know about it, okay? But emergency vehicles were sent to the White House Monday morning, that's today, after a fake 911 call was made while Joe Biden was staying at Camp David, according to the D.C. Fire and Emergency Medical Services talking to the Daily Caller. The 911 call, which came in about 7 a.m., reported that the White House was up in flames. The D.C. Fire and EMS told the Daily Caller, uh, that that's what was going on. Fire trucks and other vehicles were sent to the house, the White House, in response to a call, which the District of Columbia Fire EMS and the Secret Service personnel determined was fake. In other words, the White House got swatted. The White House got swatted uh, this morning, and this comes on the heels of violent protests. That were taking place outside the White House while Joe Biden was nowhere near the White House, uh, nowhere near at all. He was he was up at Camp David. He was up at Camp David. Uh, and, and Joe Biden uh, was was not in any kind of jeopardy or anything like that. We don't want to see the president have a have a hair on his head uh, moved out of place. Um, but you had people swat the White House for all intents and purposes. They said it was a fire, but it was a swatting essentially. It's the same stuff that's been going on here and you know we we know that this has kind of become an epidemic uh in the country and, and until uh, the congress gets off their duff or the states get off their duff and you really criminalize this maybe with a life sentence for swatting um i i think this is going to continue um and and it's 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 terribly unfortunate that People are so immature or intellectually devoid of understanding where politics is separated from, um, uh, you know, terrible terrorist attacks uh, that, you know, this is this is a really terrible thing. So this chaos you're living through right now has been established for a very long time. I just told you 16 years Sixteen years, they have been fundamentally transforming America. hundred and ninety two. Months. On an average of 30 days a month, they have been fundamentally transforming your country without your consent for five thousand seven hundred and sixty days. And how have they been transforming your country? Well, first, they started to tell you that this is a democracy. It is not. A democracy means that 51% can control 49% of the population. And I can assure you with biblical certitude, that is not the case. Because that is not the consent of the governed. That is that is ruling over the other half. Back on June 10th of 2022, Laura Hollis penned a piece called Biden continues Obama's fundamental transportation, uh, transformation of America. First and foremost, Barack Obama on October 30th, 2008, just before the presidential election, told a crowd in Columbia, Missouri, that we are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Most Americans probably thought that he was talking about his his uh, his historic election as the first black president of the United States. But no, that wasn't the case at all. That wasn't the case at all. Barack Obama desperately wanted to destroy the oil and gas industries in the name of climate change and absorbing millions of illegal immigrants as a form of wealth redistribution writ large. Once elected, Barack Obama got straight to work. Stephen Chu, his energy secretary, had announced in September of 2008, quote, somehow we have to figure out how to boost the price of gasoline to the levels in Europe. Those prices back then were nine or ten dollars a gallon. In 2010, the Obama administration canceled offshore oil drilling leases in the Atlantic Ocean and the Gulf of Mexico. In 2011, a federal court held that the moratorium on drilling to be illegal and ordered the leases to be reinstated. But Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Hussein Biden's Department of the Interior refused to obey the court order and was held in contempt. Ditto for immigration. Immigration. Obama wanted Congress to pass an immigration bill with amnesty and a path of path for citizenship for millions who are here illegally. When Congress refused, Barack Obama used his power as executive chief to refuse to enforce immigration law, encouraging hundreds of thousands more to come into the United States, confident that they would never be deported. After Obama's eight years were in office, Hillary Clinton was supposed to continue the fundamental transformation he began. But those plans were thwarted by Donald Trump in 2016, just as the Biden administration is doing now. Obama tried to make Americans believe that the negative consequences of his policies were were somehow inevitable and irreversible. During the 2016 presidential campaign, Obama mocked Trump's promises to bring back jobs to the U.S. and lower gas prices. It happened. Unfortunately for President Obama, then Vice President Joe Biden and their fellow travelers... Trump's economic objectives weren't crazy. And success didn't require a magic wand. Now, Joe Biden is attempting to resuscitate the Frankenstein politics of the transformation of America. It's why the border is in the condition it is. It's why. You, you, you see him hiding out at Camp David or, or showing up talking to only friendly uh, outlets. How's the grid holding up? How's the electric grid holding up in the Midwest, the far west, in Texas, etc.? Remember, we're going to have all those windmills as far as the eye can see. Better hope that system doesn't go down. Yeah, you know, oil and, and gas and coal. Those those will work during the coldest temperatures. But what of the windmills? The windmills that might freeze. What of the windmills? What about the cascading effect of, of of the grid going down? It's almost inevitable, given the fact that we're going to be plugging in our cars to the grid and not have more capacity. Poverty. Poverty. Not seen since the days of Joseph Stalin and the Soviet Union. That's the ultimate result when you have a command and control economy. Oh, your country is getting, is getting everything they think you deserve and more. And your country is being transformed. Tonight in Iowa, there's an opportunity for people to respond What's your rebuttal to the fundamental transfer, transformation of America?: News Talk 11:10, 993, WBT. It is the Brett Woodtable Show. 7045701110. Uh, By the way, folks, it is 2024. It's an election year, and WBT is going to be gearing up to bring you all the latest on what's sure to be in an election cycle for the ages. First up, the WBT, North Carolina 8th Congressional District Republican primary debate is sold out. But don't worry, if you don't have a ticket, you can listen to all of the political goodness right here on WBT. On Wednesday, January 31st at 7 p.m., we'll be at Wingate University's Bat Center. The debate will be moderated by Bo and Beth with questions and uh, to the candidates coming from the WBT team including Vince Coakley, Pete Callender, Brett Whittterble that's me Mark Garrison and Brett Jensen thanks to uh, our sponsor Wingate University for the venue and uh, visit wbt dot com for details. Let's grab a call from Jim first up Jim, welcome to the program.
3: Yes, yeah, thank you yeah I've been um uh, Renumerating about this all weekend about what you say about the democracy, mm-hmm. about how they keep referring to it as the democracy. And Correct. I think I pinpointed exactly uh, what it is and why it's so dangerous and um, what people should understand about their vernacular. Back when Benjamin Franklin came out of Constitution Hall and everybody was curious about the form of the ideal of what we had created. What we had come together, the enlightened form of government that we were going to create to lead the world to a better place. And people asked him, as he was walking to his carriage. They asked him, Mr. Franklin, what have we got? Have we got a provisional government? Have we got an interim government? Do we have a dele- dele- uh, delegation? Do we have a parliament? What do we have, Mr. Franklin? And he said... We have a republic. And as he went to close the door of his carriage, he turned and said, if you can keep it, the ideal, the ideal of what our government is was written down. It was put down in objective terms, but it only existed as long as the ideal of the, our form of government was held uh, to, to, and revered by the people who were the custodians of it. That worked for us for 250 years, as long as we aspired to the standards of ethical conduct that were above and beyond any sort of form of government that had ever been produced before. Then it was going to uh, it was going to uh, enlighten the world and bring better things, better uh, uh, better uh, life uh, standards to the world when the the uh, the, the events that, per, that um, transpired that you talked about, uh, specifically the election in 2016 when Hillary was supposed to just take over, Correct. walk right in, that's right. and Trump took it from him, that's when it was taken hostage. It went from being a subjective ideal, a subjective concept, to being a concrete, objective object that they were going to hold. They were going to keep, and uh, they were not going to let it go ever again. It is now, that's why it's called, they keep reformer, referring to it to their, the democracy. It's this thing that I'm holding here. Yes, correct. I'm holding a gun right. to its head. Mm-hmm. It's become something. It's no longer an ideal mm-hmm. or a subjective thing yeah. that you have to aspire to preserve right. and revere. It's theirs and they're okay. keep it theirs as long as they possibly you can. you got it.
0: You got it. that's a very good answer there, Jim. I do appreciate you calling in on that point. That that's a very important component of this. And uh, I, I I really appreciate you uh, uh, with that point. What are you are you are you uh, forecasting anything tonight in Iowa other than uh you know the the politics itself?
3: Uh Trump. Okay. Trump is going to take it it's a um, it's conservative, and all the conservatives mm-hmm. are going to make it a point to get out in the weather and make sure that they do their part. They will make the sacrifice that they have to. Okay. It appealed to them what they were saying, what he said, even though he said it tongue in cheek. Uh, they 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 live on that edge with that kind mm-hmm. of the elements that they have to deal with, and they're, they're so close to the soil. The uh, people of Iowa, for sure, and uh, you're you're being the custodian of that soil that depends on your um, ah. On, Yes. Being able to hand, up, You're hand right. up to the rigors of it. You're so correct, Jim. They're going to get out and make the difference.
0: You're correct. Keep listening, Jim. I appreciate you being out there today, man. Stay safe. Here's the thing. The thing about the Constitution, which gives us the republic, all right, when when, when Franklin says a republic, if you can keep it, the thing that's important about the Constitution is something that's just like t- taken for granted and, and overlooked at, at, at every measure. And here's what it is. The Constitution is not self-actuating, nor is it a self-correcting document. All right. And this is an observation that was made by somebody who I thought was super smart. By Dr. Richard Beeman, who is a professor of history and was the dean of college of arts and sciences, at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, I know. I know. Uh, l- l- Let him off the hook. He's a he's a patriot. Here, here's the thing, though. Okay, it is not self-actuating and it is not a self-correcting document. This means that you have got to give the Constitution constant attention and the devotion of all citizens. Why? Why is that the case? Well, that's why Franklin says a republic, if you can keep it as as Beeman writes in, in a in a piece over at the Constitution Center, he says there's a story often told that upon exiting the Constitutional Convention, Benjamin Franklin was approached by a group of citizens asking what sort of government had the delegates created. His answer was a republic, if you can keep it. The brevity of the re- response should not cause us to undervalue its essential meaning. Democratic republics are not merely founded upon the consent of the people. They are also absolutely dependent upon the active and informed involvement of of the people for their continued good health. So when the founders leave you this constitution that then has an ability to be changed corrected, expanded whatever it is that's the genius of this like you don't just like mow your lawn the first day of spring and then just let it like overgrow for the entirety of the summer and and just hope that it's going to take care of itself you have to get out there you have to preserve your yard you have to do the things you have to take care of your house or your condo or whatever it is wherever you're living your vehicle you don't just like buy the vehicle and then say i'm all good everything's good no you have to actually give it attention put in gas change the oil rotate the tires all that sort of stuff that's the same thing with this deal with the Constitution. If you go by a democracy, that just means that if you can get 51% or 50 plus one deciding that they want to enslave the rest of the people, they can do it. That's what a democracy is. You know, they always say this about things like, especially in the, in the Middle East or in, or in places that are less than free areas of the world, okay? They'll say this. One vote. One time. One time. Right. Oh, we have freedom. We have democracy. Yes, you get one vote one time. And then the guy becomes a dictator. This whole notion of well, Trump is going to become a dictator. Well, I'm going to talk about that coming up in this next hour, because there's this weird superstructure that's being built inside the deep state that is that is designed to prevent him from actually governing if he wins the election. And you know what's scary about it? NBC acknowledges there is now a deep state. Who are going to be in charge And he's going to think he's in charge. This is such a weird time to be alive, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. All right, there's going to be Operation Chaos tonight, potentially over in uh, Iowa, where the uh, caucuses are being held. Democrats have decided that they are going to... um, run be a republican for a day scheme to boost nikki haley versus trump in the iowa caucuses so you can you can show up day of at the caucuses and you can just you know fill out the paperwork and suddenly go in caucus if that's what you want iowa democrats and independents have a plan to make a dent in former president donald trump's massive lead over the rest of the field help nikki haley win by becoming a republican for a day According to Axios, they'd know because they're 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 tied in very deeply to the progressives. Um, Many of them are progressive. Uh, Crossover voting is a low key tradition in the Iowa event as the state allows day of party registration for voters. Well, Democrats aren't holding an in-person presidential caucus this year. Yeah, because Joe Biden said he wouldn't show up providing the perfect opportunity for uniparty Democrats to support yet another perpetual war candidate. That's uh, Tyler Durden writing that. As Don McLeese of West Des Moines told Axios, the crossover voting scheme gives anti-Trumpers a chance to diminish Trump's inevitability, adding I'll hold my nose and caucus for Haley. It's kind of interesting. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Brett. Uh, Thanks for taking my call again. Yes,
4: sir. I I just wanted to add some points. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. The prior calls about having a republic, if we can keep it. Right. This was all geared on the consent of the governed. And if the governed have apathy as to what they're being governed by, then that is our consent, and why we have what we've had for the last sixteen years.
0: Well, so here's what's interesting, right? Because that's the, my comment. You no, know, it's a fair, it's a very fair comment. But here's the thing: we got we got to think about here, okay? Because the consent of the governed has a couple of components to it, right? It has uh, legitimacy, but also moral right to use state power. That's what's important, right? People think like, "Well, this is just it a is. document. These are just the rules of Monopoly, right?" And you can only do these no. things. No, but it's you have to have like, what you just said. You have to have legitimacy and moral right to use state power. But moral, moral, yeah, you, you
4: have to. Yeah. You can't. And that's where we've lost the path.
0: Well, uh, is uh, well, hold on a minute. If you think about it, we, we really haven't. Now we have lost control of government. And they need to be reeled in, and you could do that, right, if you, if you decided you wanted to do that. But but really, like, the Constitution hasn't been altered in a way that government's legitimacy is set in stone, and that their use of more No, it's just ignored. Exactly. And so what are you supposed to do then? Well, what you got to do in that case is you have to sue the government and bring them into the Supreme Court so that they come into uh, alignment with those— moral underpinnings. That's what you have to do. I mean, look, people didn't like the Dobbs decision. The states
4: have to take it back. You're right, right, right. right. But but, 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 the, but the Dobbs decision threw it back to the states where it belonged. It did,
0: correct. But somebody had to bring that case, and it had to be the trigger for that then move, right? Yeah, you could argue that in the wake of Dobbs, you have more freedom to have abortions if you can convince your legislature to do that
4: which which is where more people have a greater voice with local and Ab. state governments as opposed to Correct. the federal Correct. That they is don't get that.
0: That's they right. Don't get it. And uh, ever since FDR we have been acculturated to believe that the federal government is superior to the other governments. It's not the case. It just, it's just been sold that way. It was that never way.
4: intended to be the case. Of course. Uh, of course. It, it, you know, the federal government was there to do foreign relations and handle disputes between the states.
0: Exactly. The referee. They were a referee. After that. And the Supreme Court was the, the referee between the branches. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, this that is- was the
4: intention. That was the intention, and it's been lost. Now, how do you and I— point. This transformation over the last 16 years is going to take a lot to educate is. people it and is. get them to understand it is. what was intended and what we have.
0: How how do you fix what's happened over the last 16 years? Because I can tell you how you fix it. It's it's a really terrible thing to have to do, but there's a way to fix it. Convention of states. No, ah, that's yeah, one I, of them. I'm sure, that's one of them. But it's really as many people as possible running for office and flushing the toilet by pouring in a giant bucket of water.
4: Well, it, 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 and, and part of that problem, in my opinion, is the process to do that. Uh-huh. There are more qualified people that won't subject themselves to the process because of the process.
5: Hey.
0: Uh-huh. I, I called the Kamikaze Congress a long time ago. I said, listen, get people that are willing to just go in for one term and do everything you got to do.
4: Absolutely.
0: And then and, and then bail. Yep. And then leave. And then leave. Uh, uh, that's right.
4: That's what the framers wanted. They 100. wanted citizen statesmen. Flood it. That would go back to work yep. after they did what they needed Flood
0: to. Flood the zone, baby. Flood the zone. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. wbt News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Whittable Show, 704-570-1110. Congratulations to all the uh, winning teams in the playoffs. Boy, that Steelers-Bills uh, game was qu- quite something, wasn't it? Oh, wait. Are they ever going to play it? What time? No, they're playing it today? You can't play on a Monday. What is this, a bowl game? Is this like the, uh, the ice bowl? What is this? Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. I just, you know, I, I feel bad for the Cowboys fans. As I say it in the third person, I feel bad for the Cowboys fans. That's all I can say. You Cowboys fans, you you, you had it, you had it really hard there. Poor Tommy, I feel bad for Tommy today. They they yeah they played yesterday, Tommy. They, well, actually, wait, they didn't really play yesterday. They, the Packers played, but the the Cowboys did not play. Yeah. I don't see I don't know why people aren't wearing their their cowboy gear today. I mean, show some pride. It's Come on, it's tainted. Somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. What was the final score? 46 to 32? I mean, I think it's kind of interesting cuz that sounds like a Belmont Abbey like basketball score. You know, playing Davidson or something like that. I mean, I I just, I all I'm saying is I'm not making fun of anybody. I, I look, I, I have been scalded for years by that team. Um, I kind of knew how it was going to go about 30 seconds into the game, and I said, "Yeah, I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go, I'm going to go paint the inside of my house with with a little teeny tiny artist's brush because that'll take a lot of time. Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. Okay." Tonight, we've got the Iowa caucus. Question for you, hugely important for real. Who you got in this uh, race? How are you looking at this? How are you assessing this? Do you think Nikki Haley will close the gap? I think Trump has got this thing One, I don't know what the margin is going to be, but I think he'll cross 50 percent. I don't think he'll get much more than that. But then when you consider what you're looking at as happening um, with the with the rest of the uh, contenders and that story that I was just sharing with you about uh, the Democrats uh, being able to go and cross over for the day and caucus for the day, uh, that's something. Now, here's what's interesting about the caucus itself. I was kind of goofing on it uh, in, in the first hour. but What's interesting about the caucus is you will go into a room and you will choose who it is you want to caucus with. And then you will decide after a couple of speeches are given, one speech, two speeches are going to be given by people who are surrogates for the candidate. You'll then make a decision and you'll say, "Okay, I'm going to go with this one. I'm, I'm not going to go with that one. I'm going to go with this one. And when you get out there and you've got weather issues and Trump looks to be the prohibitive favorite, one of the risks on this is... You may see Donald Trump uh, not get the big win, meaning like 51, 52 percent, because it's so cold and people may not go out. They may say, listen, he's got this thing rounded up. I'm fine. I don't have to go. What have you? All that sort of stuff is a factor when you look at uh, what what happens with these caucuses, because it's not just go to the high school gym. Fill out your ballot, go home and, and and watch the results for the rest of the night. This is an actual in-person thing. And one of the issues that was raised in the last couple of weeks, and it's been a really interesting thing to watch, is what if you don't want Trump to win or what if you do want Trump to win and you're concerned about bias from people who are standing around you? Will you say, hey, you know what, I really want to vote for Nikki Haley, but I don't want to be made fun of. So I'm just going to go and caucus with Donald Trump or I'm just going to go and caucus with um, with Vivek Ramaswamy or I'm going to go and caucus with Ron DeSantis. Now, Ron DeSantis, a lot of people are making fun of him. A lot of people are pointing at him. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty disrespectful over the weekend when um, w- when the guy walked up to him at the campaign stop and said that um he He was getting a participation trophy because he wasn't going to win the caucus. Like I thought that was that was that was brutal. I, DeSantis is not that bad of a guy. I mean, it may not be his year, but I mean, honestly, would you take him over some of the other people that are running? Perhaps you would. Perhaps you wouldn't. But I thought that was really uh, I thought that was kind of a mean thing. A guy walks right up to him and goes, hey, Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, I've got a participation trophy for you because you're not going to be winning. And it's a little brutal. Nikki Haley um, is 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 kind of the beneficiary of the establishment wing of of the Republican Party at this stage. She's got Koch brothers money coming in. Um, uh, people are, are 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 making note of that. But again, this thing can go uh, any possible direction. I'm I'm most interested in seeing how Ramaswamy performs, because I think he may overperform what people are expecting of him. Um, I, I, I I don't know what DeSantis and Haley are going to look like in terms of how that's going to split. But uh, I am interested in seeing how Ramaswamy performs, because uh, yesterday President Trump took a big swing at him. And essentially said, you know, a vote for Vivek is is a vote against me. And and he was he was displeased uh, with the with the way Ramaswamy has been going. But Ramaswamy has has really not taken a swing at Trump. He, the only thing he said about Trump and he said it about Biden as well is that we need a new generation of leadership. He's 38 years old. He's standing there and he's saying, listen, we got the moldy oldies running here. What are we going to do? How is this going to work? But then Trump took a big swing at him. And I, I think I think this may be a little bit of theatrics between the two of them. Just just a little bit, because uh, if Trump was going to go really hard, he would have gone after him the way he went after you know, Marco Rubio back in the day or uh, w- went after uh, Jeb exclamation point or Rand Paul or, or those folks. So. We're all going to wait tonight to see. Starts at eight o'clock our time. Uh, we'll see how this is going to end up playing out. These folks have got to go out in some miserable conditions. I mean, miserable conditions. You pretty much need the Bills Mafia at every location uh, in the 99 counties because you know you might have 99 counties, but which one's the frozen one? You yeah, know, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Borrowed from the morning show, 704-570-1110, News Talk, 1110-993-WBT. Put on a little makeup. Oh, uh, here we go. Okay, let's jump into this real quick. Uh, there's a guy named Governor Pritzker. Governor, no, Pritzker. Pritzker, P-R-I-T-Z-K-E-R. He thinks he's going to be president someday. Um, he's the governor of a state called Illinois. And... He has uh, had it. He has had it with the migrants being sent to his state. It's mean, it's cruel, it's awful, and it's all, well, the fault of the governor of Texas. Cut tent.
1: Well, we need the Congress to act. There is discussion right now uh, about comprehensive immigration reform, about border security, uh, and this can be handled right now. They could vote on this and make sure that we're actually dealing with it. But, you know, Democrats have been at the table for decades now wanting immigration reform. Republicans have refused. So finally, they're at least in discussion. Uh, My hope is that they'll get something done. But not enough has been done. There's no doubt about that. And I think that the president needs to do more. The Congress needs to do more. Uh, Cities out here that are the target of this political game that Governor Abbott is playing uh, are suffering. And uh, here in Illinois, it's minus 29 degrees uh, outside with the wind chill. Uh, We have migrants that arrive from Texas virtually every day, uh, hundreds. And uh, we don't have places to put them. We don't have enough shelter space here. There are plenty of other cities where, you know, if he's going to send people, they could be sent but no, he's choosing only Where? democratic states, democratic cities. And when we've asked him to stop sending people because of the weather mm. because of the dangerous mm-hmm. nature of this uh, winter, uh, storm that we're experiencing now, he's refused to stop sending them. So he does not care about people. He doesn't care about the the uh, migrants. He doesn't care about the the fact that uh, they're going to suffer if they're sent to, certainly the upper Midwest, as he is doing now. They're going to suffer
0: if they go to Chicago because it's a dangerous city, number one. Okay, let's just be honest about that. Number two, isn't it interesting? You've got freezing temperatures. I don't know what the temperature is right now in Corpus Christi, Texas, but I guarantee you it's real. Really cold. It is really cold. There's actually a huge cold front over like 250 million Americans right now. We actually happen to be kind of lucky where we are because it's what it's like uh, 60 60 degrees outside right now. But you go over you go over the, the Smoky Mountains and then into the rest of uh, of, of of the uh, the Midwest and the the South. You're going to see it's got very cold temperatures. Why are there no reporters? down at the border today watching to see if people are coming across the Rio Grande. Why are we not seeing whether or not people are still transiting? Is Mexico helping them? Are they keeping them on the other side so they'll be safe from the cold temperatures? And I'm serious. I'm dead serious about this. I mean, this this is a big deal. I I have been to Sun Bowls in El Paso where we got snow on Christmas Day and like substantial amounts of snow because of the altitude. It's the high desert. And so but you're not seeing any coverage of the border. Like, where's the coverage of the border? T- Look at the temperature on the storm tracker right up there. OK, I mean, it is it is it is very cold on the other side of the Smokies and you're going to end up with very cold temperatures. But Pritzker, I said Pritzker, Pritzker is saying, oh, we got to do this thing. We got to we got to do the 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 border bill right now and knock it out. You want amnesty because you want to replace Um, The voters who have bailed on the Democratic Party in the state of Illinois and in the state of Maryland and in the state of New Jersey and the state of New York, you you, you need desperately to backfill people into those states because you're losing congressional uh, seats. You're also losing schools. You know, the dirty secret about the schools is there are schools in Chicago that have like five functioning classrooms. It's a it's a one solid block sized school and they have got they have got five classrooms functioning. I have the story right here. As Mark Levin would say, I got a copy of the constitution right here. I got the story right here. I'll steal this from Russia. Call them zombie schools, a significant but unknown number of public schools across the United States, particularly in big cities, have lost so many students in the last half decade that many of their classrooms are empty. Gone is the long, the the loud clatter of students bursting through crowded hallways and slamming lockers. The harm from these half empty schools is inflicted directly on students in a district without enough per pupil state funding to cover their costs. They require financial subsidies to remain open, forcing district-wide cutbacks in academic programs. They're everywhere. Oakland, California, Denver, Colorado, and of course, Chicago itself. This is a terrible state of affairs. Did you know, did you know that You've got people who are now trying to put forth additional funds after the already big one hundred and ninety billion dollar lifeline called the elementary and secondary school emergency relief uh, uh, program that ends next summer. This is this is a crisis. This is why Pritzker wants to get amnesty done. This is why the big blue cities, the big blue states want to get amnesty done. But you have now got a crisis in this country. And the fact of the matter is, it's not about respecting taxpayers. It's not about respecting the economy. It's not about respecting the money we have. It's not about respecting the borders. This is what did I say at the beginning of the program? This is the fundamental transformation of America that Barack Obama offered up 16 years ago in 2008. He told you he was going to fundamentally transform the country. And he has fundamentally transformed the country. Look at the death of San Francisco. Look at the homeless crisis around this nation. This is all designed to make you understand who's boss and whose boss is the federal government. Not your state government, the federal government. And if you choose to pick up and move out and go to one of them red states, well, There's going to be consequences for that. You're supposed to stay in poor and failing schools. You're supposed to stay there and deal with the crime and deal with the human trafficking and deal with the fentanyl and deal with all that sort of stuff. You don't have a right to move. Well, yes, you do. Yes, you do. But when you get to your new location, you have to have the respect for that new location and the politics therein because you can only run so far and so fast before chaos catches up with you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Whittable Show, 704-570-1110. Tulsi Gabbard is out with a, a bit of a warning for voters out there uh, looking at the direction of this country. And uh, I think she is probably somebody who is being considered as a vice presidential candidate for one of the candidates that's out there. And uh, let's check in with uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Cut number 14. And another
6: example of how far President Joe Biden's politicized Department of Justice is willing to go to try to destroy his main political opponent as a presidential election is going on. Uh, that This foundational purpose of what the Biden administration is doing is is really the thing that should be most concerning to every everyone. As we can see, all of these indictments count after count after count being thrown at former President Donald Trump uh, is clearly an effort to, to divert his focus away from the campaign and towards fighting on multiple fronts in these lawsuits and to completely drain his him and his campaign of, of resources so that they can't focus on, on actually campaigning and trying to win this election. The, the founders envisioned that our country would be a country of laws, not of men. And what we're seeing here, uh, most concerning as it relates to the First Amendment, but, but you take all of these different attacks and indictments uh, in whole, what we're seeing is a politicized Department of Justice that has disqualified itself from being able to fulfill the awesome responsibility that they're entrusted with because they are using it, first of all, to go after their political opponents, namely Donald Trump and his supporters, and also using the Department of Justice to protect the Democrat elite, namely President Joe Biden, by extension uh, Hunter Biden. So we're seeing how this politicized Department of Justice is being used to achieve both of those purposes, both of which— harm the American people's interests, the interests of our country and our democracy.
0: Brett Stevens uh, is a uh, is a writer of some repute, and he he put up a, a piece uh, on January the 11th in, in the New York Times. He's a never Trumper. And he said the case for Trump by someone who wants him to lose. Stevens wrote that you can't defeat an opponent if you refuse to understand what makes him formidable. And too many people, especially progressives, fail to think deeply about the enduring sources of Trump's appeal. Stevens writes, on immigration, arguably the single most important geopolitical fact of the century is the mass migration of people from south to north, east to west, causing tectonic, demographic, cultural, economic and ultimately political shifts. Trump understood this from the start of his candidacy in 2015. It said something about the deluded state of Western politics when Trump came on the scene that his assertion of the obvious was treated as a moral scandal, at least by the stratum of society that had the least to lose from mass migration to millions of other Americans. His message, however crudely he may have expressed it, sounded like plain common sense, enforcing control at the border whether through a wall, a fence, or some other mechanism, isn't racism, Stevens wrote. It's a basic requirement of statehood and peoplehood, which any nation has an obligation to protect and cherish. Trump also caught the public's mood of decline and pessimism. Far too many, uh, I'm sorry, far too little has changed since then. If anything, Trump's thesis may be truer today than it was the first time he ran on it. He also amplified the public's Falling in trust in experts, professionals and merit institutions that were supposed to be independent of politics. We should be more honest with ourselves and admit that those institutions did their own work in squandering through partisanship or incompetence. The esteem in which they had once widely held brokenness has become the defining feature of much of American life. This is this is Brett Stevens writing this. Broken families, broken public schools, broken small towns, inner cities, broken universities, broken healthcare, broken media, broken churches, broken borders, broken government. At best they have become shells of their former selves. And there's a palpable sense that the autopilot that America's institutions and their leaders are are brain dead and smug and can't continue. I mean, this this is this is a huge revelation from a guy like Brett Stevens. He understands that they're in really, really hot soup right now. OK, NBC News. Deep State exists to save us from Trump's return. Penned uh, earlier today over at uh, Zero Hedge. The last time Donald Trump got within striking distance of the Oval Office in 2016, The Clinton campaign, the Obama administration and various foreign accomplices invented a hoax accusing the real estate tycoon of being a secret Russian agent. Who would use the power of the United States to do Vladimir Putin's bidding, which begs the question, why wouldn't Putin just invade uh, Ukraine when his puppet Trump would have waged a no proxy war? And when Donald Trump asked Ukraine about obvious corruption by the Biden family, one of the key deep state players in his impeachment behind the scenes was none other than Mary McCord, who went from taking down Michael Flynn after the FBI set him up to helping Adam Schiff to peddle a whistleblower complaint about Trump's call. McCord is now back with a new hoax to peddle, telling NBC News, That the deep state is preparing for Trump's return and is taking action in advance to limit his ability to become a dictator and use the military to those ends. They're talking about this openly at NBC. What does that tell you about the Biden administration and the likelihood of Biden being reelected? We're already starting to put together a team to think about the most damaging types of things that he, Trump, might do so that we are ready to bring lawsuits if we have to. Donald Trump is sparking fears among those who understand the inner workings of the Pentagon that he would convert the nonpartisan U.S. military into the muscular arm of his political agenda as he makes comments about dictatorship and devalues the checks and balances that underpin the nation's two century old democracy. These are quotes from the NBC piece. A circle of appointees, independent of Trump's political operation, steered him away from ideas that would, that would have pushed the limits of presidential power in his last term. In a new term, many former officials worry that Trump would instead surround himself with loyalists unwilling to say no. He's a clear and present danger to our democracy, she says. He is his uh, support is solid. And I don't think people understand what living in a dictatorship would mean. There are many uh, arrays of horrors that could result from Trump's unrestricted use of the Insurrection Act. The military is hundreds of thousands of people strong. And ultimately, Trump will find a way to follow his legal orders no matter what. The Insurrection Act is a legal order. And if he orders it, there will be military officers, especially younger men and women, who will follow that legal order. Wait, I thought everybody was quitting the military. I thought nobody wanted to go and serve in the military. Are they saying that suddenly people will want to serve in the military if Trump is the president? How is that possible? Nobody wants to be in the military right now. I mean, nobody wants to be in the military under Biden right now. Nobody's interested in going in the Marines, the Army, the Air Force, the Navy. Why would people suddenly want to go back into the military? Could somebody explain that to me? This one might be the best from the uh, report by NBC News. We're about 30 seconds away from the Armageddon clock when it comes to democracy, said Bill Cohen, former Republican senator from Maine and defense secretary in the Clinton administration. I think that's how close it's coming to. If you have a presidential candidate who can be indicted on 91 counts, who can be found liable for sexual aggression, who we have seen lies pathologically and who has flouted every rule in the book. Wow. Wow. This sounds like they're really fearful. Sounds like they don't think that the 91 counts is going to be enough to take him out. That they have to actually rig a system underneath him that they can use to control him. But I still don't understand the people going into the military. I thought nobody wanted to go in the military. Why does nobody want to go in the military now, but would maybe want to go in the military if he gets elected? How is that possible? How can an institution like that? Oh, really? News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT, Brett Whitterville Show. Hey, uh, Tommy, are you, uh, you okay over there, Tommy? Everything, uh, everything uh, going according to how it should go today? Yeah. Uh, no, no let's uh, let's let's give Tommy uh, a little lift in the spirits give me cut number seven uh, this is Tommy this is for you you want you want to definitely hear this soon. okay ready uh, three two one go.
1: damn sure didn't think this is where we'd be as far as anything I promise you scheduling myself this team this organization that that this would be it um, credit to those guys they came out here and handled business and no disrespect to those guys going in but that was just the confidence that this group had and what we've done and damn sure what we've done at home so it'll take a little bit more time to digest it completely.
0: That that answer that he gave, who is that? That was Dak Prescott. That that answer that he gave, that's like a fireable answer. This isn't what we did before. Tell, tell people uh, don't um, don't bother calling today. You know? No 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 no. We're taking your calls. No. We're no. taking your calls. Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. We are taking your calls. No. we are taking your calls 704-570-1110, we are I'm playing that clip for an instrumental purpose, an instructional purpose. That is a terrible answer to a question about why you lost in such magnificently awful fashion well everything they did last night was wrong so why no 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 no, no. my point is my point is that's a terrible answer Absolutely. it's gone good in the past we can't do we, we we i don't even understand what happened now listen imagine a politician gave that exact same answer imagine you were talking about the border imagine you were doing something like that you're like hey What's going on with the border? Well, the border used to be secured. Now it's not secured. And I sure as heck don't understand why it's not secured. No, yes, you do. You know why the border is not secured. The border is not secured because we're fundamentally transforming America. Fundamentally transforming America. I mean, cut 13. Cut 13. This is Yuval Noah Harari, also known as Klaus Schwab's BFF at the World Economic Forum. They're worried that there's going to be regime change in the United States. Cut number thirteen,
5: please. I'm concerned that Trump might be elected again. Hi, I think it's very likely, mm. and if it happens, it is likely to be the kind of like the, the death blow to what remains of the global order. And he says it, and he says it openly. Now, again, it should be clear that many of these politicians they present. A false dichotomy, a false binary vision of the world, as if you have to choose between patriotism and globalism, between being loyal to your nation and being loyal to some kind of, I don't know, global government or whatever. Or whatever.
0: Here's, here's the thing. <laughs> This this is what the media doesn't understand. This is what the universities don't understand. This is what the international community doesn't understand. They should talk to the American people and ask them directly why they're frustrated. Why are they angry? Why are they mad? Why, why are they concerned for the future of the country? And I'm I'm serious. It, you should just ask them. Instead, this guy sits on some throne someplace over over in Geneva, OK, and, and, and says and partificates, well, yeah, Trump's probably going to get elected and it's going to be uh, the end of the, the this and the end of the, How? Hold on. Trump's not in charge. Trump's an administrator if he gets elected. Biden's an administrator. Uh, having been elected to the presidency of the United States. The American people are who, are who are in charge. This is what MSNBC doesn't understand. This is what CNN doesn't understand. This is what the elites at universities don't understand. The American people are in charge. The American people are in charge. And sometimes they want to fundamentally transform America, but not as much as they are trying to do now after 16 years of a combined assault against the American economy, against the American sovereign against the American security, against the American institutions. It's the idea that Mary McCord, who set up Flynn and then defected to Schiff, should have any say over your future. Who is she? She's a former defense assistant. She doesn't have any say over you. Your vote counts as much as hers does. And you know what? Your vote counts more than Yuval Noah Harari. You know why? Because he's not an American citizen and he can't vote in the election. Your vote. I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. I don't care if you're if you're liberal or conservative. Your vote matters more than any of these elites. That's what it comes down to. See, I don't hate people who have different politics from me. In fact, I thrive on talking to people who have different politics than me. And you know what? Here's the crazy thing. The crazy thing is your politics will shift across the spectrum of your life. You'll 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 be a single person and you'll have one set of uh, views and beliefs. Then you'll maybe get married, have a kid, maybe get married, have a kid. And then that kid grows up and then you have a grandkid and you're going to have different points of contact in the world of politics over a variety of time. These people want you to be rigid. They, they're lazy. They want to put you in a box and say, you are a white male. You are a black female. You are a uh, mixed race person. You are declined to state. And they want to try to categorize you and then bisect and dissect all that you are so they can figure out how they can manage you. Do you want to be managed by somebody who's unaccountable? way overseas? Do you want to be managed by the cartels? Do you want to be managed by Kim Jong-un, by, by Vladimir Putin? Do you want to be managed by these people? Have you had it with the management of your life by people who have no stake in the consequences? If that's the case, then you should go and vote. And you should stand for what this country is. Not a project to be fundamentally transformed without the consent of the governed but a free people in a republic that we plan to keep. Bo Thompson comes by next. News Talk 1110-993-WB. Talk, 1110-993-WBT, Brent Witterbull Show. Oh, it's the time where we cross the streams a.m., p.m., p.m. and a.m. By the way, the crossing of the streams is brought to you and sponsored by PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. Bo Thompson, good to have you back. Uh, You know what? This is the last. Think about this. This is the last crossing the streams without an election at the federal level. Until four years from now, how about that?
2: Wow, look at that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: We
2: are uh, getting into crunch time here. I'm multitasking. I'm watching a little NFL football while I talk to you. While I get ready for the show, get ready for the caucuses tonight. I mean, this is what a time to be alive.
0: So, are you um are are you excited? Do you get excited about the caucuses once the caucuses kick off? Um, uh, or, or, or are you a little bit more excited? Say when you get to. Uh, New Hampshire slash South Carolina. Like, how excited are you for the uh, for the caucus?
2: Well, you and I were talking this morning with Beth, and we were talking about what does it really mean? How much emphasis should you put on Iowa? And I think you and I and the three of us are in agreement that it's much more symbolic than it actually is substantive. But it's the first one, so everybody focuses on it, right? And I get that part, and and we get that part. But I will say. I get excited because tonight's the first time, and really, it's been it's been eight years yes. uh, since we've experienced this in some sort of traditional sense. Because four years ago, it was pandemic uh, uh, obscured, yes. right? Yes, yes. Um, and, and we didn't have like I feel like tonight. Tonight we have the, the caucuses, and, and sure, the, the caucuses are are. Uh, it, it's I understand the argument that too much is made of them, but this is the first time in a long time where we're going to have. A night to watch the results come in, and then you have the candidates, you know, do their stump speeches, and and we haven't seen Trump in that mode in a long time, and I think I I don't expect there to be any huge surprises. Like I I think Trump's going to win tonight, but the question is going to be how much of a win, right? And, and how much does Nikki Haley carve into what he's done and Desantis and the way the three of them and and Ramaswamy too mm-hmm. react, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the on the stump tonight, I think is. That's uh, a welcome part of this process that I've always liked, and I, I look forward to sort of seeing and sort of reading the tea leaves tonight, and and, uh, and and off we go from there. But I do think there's an element of excitement to Iowa because it starts the process.
0: So let me ask you that question then: um, Do we think the weather plays a factor, or are these people so committed that they will crawl across a frozen uh, sidewalk to uh, to get in there and vote?
2: Well, here I am watching a football game where mm-hmm. the fans are <laughs> full of fans who came out at 4 a.m. And, and, and dug snow out of the Buffalo seats. so much the same way, these people actually had to come out and do that and then sit in the elements and watch oh. the game now. You know, I think a lot is being made about the weather, and, and, and yes, I mean, you don't mess around with, with 30 below zero wind chills, but if if they, if, they, if they had to do the caucuses <laughs> on a football field out in the elements that'd be one thing but they're going to do these it's going to be an inside so i mean i think to a degree a little a little too much be maybe made made about this but i mean easy for me to say i'm i'm saying this from from my my armchair in in north carolina
0: how, okay question for you then. how do you think the four shake out um are are you willing to make any kind of a prediction as to order of uh, battle here.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, I mean, I think Trump Trump will win. I'm with you on that. Uh, I, I think. I think the the, the common. I, I think it, the, the the sort of um, what you're hearing a lot of say people say is Nikki is surging and she'll finish second. I think it shouldn't be underestimated that DeSantis mm-hmm. has uh, a, a very a very good. Uh, uh, he, he's got a lot of boots on the ground in New Ham in in, in, uh, in Iowa. So I think uh, I, I tend to think DeSantis will pull out second. Nikki Haley, it may be neck and neck there, second third, and obviously Ramaswamy fourth. But uh, what I what I don't have a good feel for is how far. I, I, I think tonight's sure. important because for so long the talk has been how far Trump is ahead, mm-hmm. uh, and these polls have all shown him to be lap in the field several times. I'll be very curious to see if the Iowa results uh, bear that out. Because if they do, um, then I think I think there may be some people who've been who have been uh, skeptical of those polls that will obviously buy into them now. And if there's if there's any chink in the armor with Trump tonight, as far as the the uh, the separation between one and two, I think that will go a long way towards what the narrative becomes and sort of the momentum.
0: That's interesting. I am. I'm of the mind that it's Trump, Desantis, Ramaswamy, Haley.
2: Oh, okay. I mean, I just, and so if that's true, then what does that do to
3: Haley?
0: No, uh, nothing, because she'll go into uh, New Hampshire and pick up whatever uh, Christie wasn't able to pick up. Uh, I, I think. I think she'll. She'll. Vo- I don't see. I, I see Ramaswamy in that second slot. Uh, that third slot. As like a, fl- a flash of lightning, he's he's invested so much time there. He's he's practically set up camp in, in that state. Uh, DeSantis, I think, is is going to be. I think DeSantis is going to be the guy who who benefits from Kim Reynolds, and I think Haley being in the fourth is gives her an opportunity to come up higher moving forward.
2: If that's true, what does the dynamic? What what happens with this interesting Trump Ramaswamy uh, dynamic right now, where Ramaswamy, you know, Trump uh, threw his first barbs toward Ramaswamy. Oh that, yeah, He'd look does, does Trump does Trump eye that as, as more of a threat, or or does he try to harness the guy who's who's obviously still mm-hmm. d- undeterred by <laughs> by the barb? He he
0: he goes. I'm going to tell you what he does. He goes full Ted Cruz on him at at that stage of the game. He goes Ted Cruz on him, so he 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 goes to the look at this guy. He thinks he's got it. Da 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 da. He's going to go to that go to that move, but he's not going to kill Ramaswamy. Um, Desantis coming in, you know, like second there. I think that will bug Trump more than yeah. Ramaswamy coming in third.
2: And this is why I love tonight because mm. tonight begins, like I said. We haven't had this in eight years. The pandemic—that's uh, right. The pandemic took all of this away. In addition to the fact that Trump wasn't in this crowded field because he was—he was the nominee and and the you know running for re-election second term. So for a variety of reasons, we haven't seen sort of the scrum on Iowa night in four, in eight years. And so tonight, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they all say about each other in a short. Period of time. That's like I said. That's the part I I love about this process.
0: It is, and it's this is this is if you're a political junkie, like this is this is like New Year's Eve plus Fourth of July plus because it's the start. It's the gun as we run to the to the rest of the race, and that's that's what I think is so compelling about this. Actually, agreed. Um, So (laughs) I'm going to ask it. I think we can guess. What do you got for tomorrow, my friend? Well, we'll
2: have uh, wall-to-wall coverage of the Emmys tonight. Oh, very good. Very good, very good. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, is not a joke. There are the primetime Emmys tonight. But sure. going up against NFL football. So <laughs> good luck with that yeah. in addition to Iowa. So uh, somewhere tomorrow, I'm sure it'll get a mention. But uh, Iowa tomorrow, two NFL games to, uh, to follow up on with Jim Zoki. We actually uh, have tomorrow on the, on the heels of, the, of Iowa, we have Congressman Richard Hudson. Uh, who will be in studio with us for the entire 8 o'clock hour answering questions. And and so it's going to be a big political day, as is, you know, from here on out. Like I said on Friday, we we love this. We live for it. So
0: here we go. Right on. Looking forward to it, my friend. Uh, I I enjoy it, and I'm sure we'll be texting each other. So uh, enjoy the night, my friend.
2: Yes, sir. You too. 704-570-1110.
0: 704-570-1110. A little something for the fans of the base out there. Good to be with you. Uh, this kind of bothers me. Um, I'm not, we we're taking your phone calls, by the way. 704-570-1110. Uh, we certainly want to get your thoughts, perspectives. If you want to give me your order of uh, you know, how you think the finish will be tonight, it'll be good. One of my friends, very good friend, says that the uh, the order will be Trump, 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 and Trump. Well, that's not really playing the game right, but okay. You remember that um, <clears throat> failed U.S. moon lander that we tried to shoot up into space last week? The NASA-backed Peregrine-1 moon lander? It's now um, hurtling back towards Earth after last week's failing to get up into outer space. Astrobotic, which is just such a weird name for a company. Astrobotic, which had been hoping to land the first American-made spacecraft on the moon in more than 50 years, predicts that its spacecraft will likely burn up in the atmosphere in the next few days. Experts had been working with NASA and other space companies to find the most safe and responsible way of ending Peregrine's mission. The team is currently assessing options and will update as soon as we are able. Well, what the heck does that mean? Why don't you just shoot a missile up at it? Why don't you send something up at it? Why don't you do something with it? We used to be able to put rocket ships in space with, like, a slide rule and a pad of paper and a stopwatch. Okay? Okay. We used to be able to be like, how fast is it going? Calculate with the stopwatch. Get the slide rule out. What is the Pythagorean theorem that we need right here? What is, what is, what is the, you know, the calculus that we need? What's going on? We can't even put a, a moon thing up on the moon anymore. We used to do it. You know, you remember this. Do you remember seeing moon stuff going up to the moon? We had Tang. And the best kind of tang there was, space tang. Space tang is where it's at. What else did we have? We had a super crazy glue, space age polymers. We had all kinds of stuff. Silly putty, beef jerky. People don't realize, but the jerky was invented first for the people that might go to space. But now we can't even put a we can't even put a moon lander up there and we're shooting at asteroids. We think we're going to, like, run this thing into an asteroid and knock it. I mean, come stop. We have got to get back to the basics. Basically, America right now, we need to be on one of those little bitty tiny bicycles with the with the training wheels. My pretty pony with the tassels hanging off a basket in the front where you can put your, your little moon lander, and then we're going to have to learn to walk and then run, because obviously anybody who knows about the space program is dead. Like, nobody who ran the space program back in the, days, in the days of the men and women in the 60s, smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. That's a lyric. Why did I do that? I love the Statler brothers. The Statler brothers could get us on the moon. They'd get us right up there. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the Statler brothers have a better shot than Astrobotic. Astrofakin'. Pete, welcome to the program. Pete, what's on your mind today?
3: Hey, uh, Brett, just wanted to mention that if there's any type of uh, shenanigans or chicanery uh, mm-hmm. tonight, mm-hmm. just uh, remember that the, the Democrats... Uh, when they had their uh, Iowa caucus in 2016, 2020, mm-hmm. they didn't like who the frontrunner was. I think it was Bernie Sanders, and they never declared
0: uh, a winner uh, out of their caucus. Uh, that's very right. I remember this now. You have tickled a, a memory in my mind. Yes. Yes, you're correct. So, so if there's any tomfoolery or whatnot. Well, there is. There, no, there, there is already tomfoolery because the Democrats in the state of Iowa, because Joe Biden wouldn't stand on the uh, Iowa uh, caucus ballot uh, and they wouldn't put RFK Jr. on, I don't think. Um, so they, 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 are, they are saying that you should register as a Republican for the day and go pick Nikki Haley. They're, 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 they're doing crossovers. Well, no, just,
2: just
3: know it ain't over till it's over.
0: It's never over till it's over. Absolutely right. It wasn't over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor. Come on. I, I look, this is this is this is this is par for the course, but this should make you feel good because it means we're getting back to normal. We're getting back to normal. Democrats trying to steal elections and Republicans trying to stop him. No, that's not fair. I don't think the Republicans will try to stop him. That's just, that's just my guess. That, that Really, that's just my guess. But, but I, have, I, have a, I have an ability to fix something here. And it's something I'm really proud of, of trying to fix. It's going to be really good. It's the um, unkindness of the partisan hacks that are out there. When we come back, I'm going to share with you what a uh, smug lefty bragged about on the Twitter. And it backfired big time. For real. (music) News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Whitterbull Show. 704-570-1110. I came across this story, and I, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitchy, but this is a pretty obnoxious story uh, all the way around, and I wanted to share this with you. Uh, smug lefty thread bragging about how compassionate she is for saving her evil MAGA neighbors backfires. So here's how this goes, okay? Uh, Jam Bremen. Jam Bremen. My husband does commercial HVAC for a living. It's currently minus 28 degrees here in northwest Missouri. Yesterday, our MAGA neighbor called because his furnace went out. He asked my husband if he could come and take a look at it. Our first thought was pee on you. Call a service tech on a Saturday and let him charge you for a weekend service call. Then my compassion as a human kicked in. I told my husband that every shop in town is probably swamped and wouldn't be able to come out for days. And it's absolutely frigid. I mean, y'all saw Andy Reid's mustache last night, right? I told my husband that they probably don't have the money for a service call. They're always broke. And for him to just go and look at it, he did. They needed a $60 part. My husband ventured out into the tundra, bought the part and put it on. Ten years ago, I wouldn't have given this a second thought, but my inkling now was blank them, let them freeze. They need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. My point is that the mega culture has turned us all into something, whether big or small, that we weren't prior to Donald Trump. And these folks aren't political. They don't even vote. They just wear their Trump garb. And support him on Facebook. I was willing for a second to let my neighbor freeze because of this nonsense. I had to check myself. I think everyone needs to check themselves once in a while. I almost let my politics get in the way of my humanness. Hashtag human, hashtag compassion, hashtag Republican, hashtag Democrat, hashtag vote. She put it on Twitter, like about your neighbor. You put it on, the furnace broke, they ask you for help, you think about it, then your husband does it, he sets him up, takes care of him, does all that stuff, and then you still gotta gouge him, like with your, with your steely knives. That's not nice. Everybody's just trying to be the best person they can be. What about the milk of human kindness? she has no milk of human kindness she has bitter gall for her neighbors who she acknowledges doesn't even don't even vote they can't even spell vote i don't know that etov okay um they just wear the gear they just wear the gear you know how many people wear the gear for a variety of reasons trying to look hip Maybe they're afraid of their neighbors. Maybe they wear the gear and hope that they can pass appropriately in that rough neck of the woods called Northwest Missouri. Is that is that over by the Ozarks? It's over there. It's over there yeah. by the o- Ozarks. Yeah, definitely. Is that where they have all those underground tunnels where the preppers are hiding? Okay, going to kill the show right there. I'm going to go ahead and get in my car because I just spilt the beans. no good at all but I mean but now here now here's what here's what comes next okay because she put this on Twitter now you get the reactions on Twitter are you looking for a medal what a garbage human you are for even having that thought sharing it and then congratulating yourself for it well that's an opinion stunning and brave said somebody else You seem nice, said somebody else. So let me get something straight. You blame MAGA for your own heartlessness, then shows what a great person you are by making your husband go out in the cold to help your neighbor, and then posts about your compassion, even though you never got off the couch. Virtue signal much? And it's true, she sent her husband over there to do the job. Another one, not for a second would I consider letting my P hat wearing anti-Second Amendment neighbor freeze. That's not MAGA changing your soul. That's all you and what you think the other side deserves. Not all on the right are MAGA, by the way, might want to remember that. See, this is what happens. This is why I'm telling you it's not worth it to post on social media unless you've got yourself a really good alias. And you post a lot of puppy pictures, puppies and kittens that will let you you can say the most vicious things. But if you couch it with puppies and kittens and pigeons, everybody knows pigeons are the most loving birds in the bird kingdom. I don't know that. I'm not a veterinarian, but I know enough to know enough. Joe Biden uh, took the Houthis off of the uh, terrorist watch list. And the Houthis are now shooting up our vessels are not our military vessels, per se, at least as far as we know. But they're shooting up our uh, our vessels that have to transit the Red Sea, et cetera. This is a real problem. And now they asked the president, they said to the president, "Okay, are you thinking about putting them back on the on the terror list? Right. What are you going to do about this? And and we don't know what he's going to turn his attention to next. Like, we don't know if he's going to put them on the do not supply list, do not help list, do not any of that sort of stuff. That's a problem. That protest that took place at the White House over the weekend was like 80 percent pro Yemen and like 20 percent stop the genocide uh, over there in, uh, in 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 Gaza. However, however, now we have another sticky wicket. Here is the other sticky wicket. I'm going to play a little sound here. It's going to be cut number three. Cut number three. Uh, Pramila Jayapal is a very outspoken, progressive critic of, well, not just the MAGAs, but she is certainly a huge critic of some of the stuff Joe Biden is doing, including support for Israel and the bombing of Yemen. She's fit to be tied. Cut number three. Go.
5: President engaged
6: in these strikes without seeking congressional approval. And this is a long debated issue, of course, because Article 1 of the Constitution gives the power to declare war to Congress. Article 2 gives the power to the president to direct military forces.
0: (sighs) I'm a little emotional here right now. I'm sorry about this. I'm I'm just getting a little emotional hearing a a progressive cite the Constitution. I mean, my. oh, oh. I didn't know. I didn't know that a progressive, ooh, I didn't know a progressive could quote the Constitution. This is something new. I thought everything was in the penumbra. I thought everything was in the penumbra. I thought everything was 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 something else. Ooh. I got it. You know what? I, I need to reset. I need to take a break and reset here a little bit, because the fact of the matter is we just heard a committed leftist in defense of the who these about the constitution. I can't process this. <sighs> Hold on. <music> News Talk 1110 993 WBT coming up. I'm going to tell you about what a New York City principal said to the parents at their school. It's ugly. Keith, welcome to the program. Keith, what's on your mind?
7: How are you doing, Brett?
0: I'm doing well, thanks.
7: Uh that letter you read from that woman. Yes. As the general. I mean, I think everybody has experienced certain people, friends, acquaintances that when you when you supported Trump, uh, this this version of hatred just mm-hmm. comes out of them, mm-hmm. and they feel like it's justified. It's the same with the Congress. I mean, Trump's in office, and the Democrats do nothing but try to impeach him, try to. Mm-hmm stall him, try to do everything they can to impugn him. And it, it's not debate. It's like it's almost like we have to be just as nasty as they are.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, and and there is something to that. But let me ask you, are you concerned if Trump got reelected, if he if he defeats Biden? are you prepared for the for the wacko-ness that's going to happen in this country like it because you know it is going to be 24 7 365 full-on wacko-ness like everybody's going to be out of their mind
7: that's what i'm talking about i mean uh, this time when he won last time and i voted for him twice i didn't think he had a prayer the first time Mm -hmm. but i voted for him twice when he wins this time I'm just going to be as nasty and in their face as they were. Uh, I didn't do it the first time. I knew how upset some of my good friends were by him being in office. But frankly, they don't follow politics. They see something on Facebook. They want to fit in with their group. Mm -hmm. They start running their mouths. If you try to talk to them about specifics, whether it's the Trump administration or the current administration, they don't know anything about it. I mean, they're just not paying attention at all. So in my mind, it's like, I really don't care what your opinion is. So I'm an ignorant person, and let's let it go at that. Agree to disagree.
0: I, I was talking to somebody who relayed to me that this last Thanksgiving that they had here, so the one that just passed, um, he, he said that one of the people that was at, at their Thanksgiving dinner said how nice it was to have normal Thanksgivings now that Trump wasn't president. <laughs> and and the guy said it was everything he could do to sh- to not show the guy the door. <laughs> and he was like, really? He's not even like the topic of the dinner conversation. But you have to bring this. It, it, these, these people, this is a massive number of trolls that are out there that want to troll everybody. And then when they get responded to, they get upset. And to me, I think everybody kind of knows where everybody stands. And we can still maintain peace, even though we disagree.
7: If they disagree, if they don't want to, if they don't want to provide a peaceful conversation about it. Right. Then I think we've, I think we've shot ourselves in the foot being nice. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, no, get in their face. I'll okay. prove to you you're an ignoramus. Uh <laughs> I'm not even talking about the keyboard warriors on social media. I'm talking about... You're talking about in
0: person. You're talking about up close and in person is what you're talking, right? right.
7: Oh, wow. Exactly. Wow. Uh, it's like I'm talking to people about, like, my 401K, I've lost 18%. I know the value dollar has gone up, but sure. the value of the dollars it's measured in has dropped 18%, 20% in That's the right. last couple of years. That's right. It's only going to get worse, and, and it's all for just stupidity feel good try to go along with people Mm -hmm. So i don't like confrontation me neither but sometimes and this has been proven to me over the last several years sometimes you avoiding it is cowardice and you need to not be vicious or anything like that right just keep in their face and say okay uh what about the threat from China? What about sure. all the corruption in the, in the bureaucracy? What about mm-hmm. what about this and that that never got prosecuted, never got investigated properly? Meanwhile, every time Trump turns around, you guys are trying to impeach him or mm-hmm. charge him or indict him. or And you can't make anything stick. These people, I mean, I know people that still think that he's been convicted on things. And it's like, no, they're accusing him. I got in someone's face the other day about it, and it's like, well, you know, he's he's an insurrectionist, blah, blah. He said, he hasn't even been charged with that. Well, we all know he is. And I looked at the guy, and I said, well, you're a pedophile.
0: Whoa! So that's a, that's, yeah, that's, that's... a
7: pedophile. And he looked at me funny. I was like, well, you know, you haven't been charged or convicted, but we all know you are.
0: Oh, and, wow. That's full contact. That's full contact argument right there. Um I, I look here here's the whole concept behind I, it. I, I get it. It's like he has been charged. I, I get it. Look, here's the thing that I'm struck by, okay? And I wouldn't I, I wouldn't do I wouldn't use that strategy again. But let me say this, okay? Um Joe Biden's approval rating is at 33%. I am shocked and I am stunned that they have not brought out the hook to get him out, out of this predicament because the only thing I can figure, the only thing I can figure is that the orders have gone out from headquarters. Uh, the, the the former president of the United States prior to Donald Trump has said, let Joe crash and we'll figure it out on the other side. I I, I don't think he's offering any assistance or help to Biden anymore because he sees how incompetent he's been. That's my guess. That's my guess. Keith. So th- there you go, man. appreciate the call. We've got another great hour straight ahead. I am Brett Witterbull. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Talk 1110-993-WBT, hour number four of the Brett Witterbull Show program, 704-570-1110. Great to be with you as we uh, motor on towards the big event tonight there in Iowa. The, uh, the caucus is taking place, and, you know, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. If you've got observations, concerns, comments, questions, what have you, certainly happy to take your phone calls at 704-570-1110. Perhaps you've got a uh, an order in which uh, you you think these uh, folks are going to come in. I, I I would be shocked, and I mean really shocked, if Trump doesn't end up coming in uh, in first place. But you know what? You never know what it is that could happen. So we're uh, we're paying close attention to that. One of the issues that has been uh, just overwhelming has been the issue at the border our border is not secure our border is a mess Uh, it's not your imagination Uh, in fact I saw a statistic earlier uh, today and this ties right back to what's going on in Iowa Uh, the Biden migrant crisis illegal border crossings have jumped 277 percent from Trump's term With overwhelmed border patrol struggling to cope with influx from Mexico, Cuba, and now an explosion of migrants coming in from Canada, Canada. Well, the Canadians, I might give them asylum because they are being held against their will under uh, Justin Trudeau. But, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is terrible. Migrants continued to enter the U.S. illegally in near-record numbers last year in a trend that will weigh on President Joe Biden as he defends his record against his likely 2024 election challenger. The U.S. Border Patrol recorded 2 million encounters with undocumented immigrants in the 2023 fiscal year. Down slightly... From the record high reached in 2022, over Biden's first three years in office, Joe Biden, by opening that border, has brought in a total of almost six million economic immigrants coming into the country. Six million additional people. Republicans blame Biden for the surge after he relaxed the number of Trump era border restrictions. Immigration and the border remain top concerns for conservative voters ahead of the November 5th election. And when you look at the numbers, I mean, it, it, it is stunning. It is a stunning picture that we are seeing uh, play out here, including the Border Patrol between 2021 and 2023 encountering 14,000 migrants coming in from Canada. Canada. This, this, is, this is absolutely unbelievable. When you look at the sanctuary cities that have been beset by uh, the migrants that have been uh, transported into those uh, areas, New York City has taken in more than 130,000 in 2023, and there are more that are coming. 600 uh, arriving each day into New York City, Washington D.C., more than 8,000 have arrived in the capital. In 2023, over 200 buses were uh, ferried to the region around the city. Since the turn of the year, Chicago 20,000 arrived in 2023 with the city spending 138 million dollars on the crisis. 15,000 asylum seekers are crammed into 27 shelters. And Los Angeles who who actually gets off pretty pretty lightly. 1,300 arrived since June 14th when L.A. voted to become a sanctuary city for migrants. But you understand, you can't just ship somebody someplace because you want them to be shipped someplace. No, not at all. That's not the case. Um, They have to consent to go there. Where they're not consenting to go is L.A. They're like, give me New York. Give me Chicago. Give me D.C. Please don't give me. Don't throw me. Don't throw me into Los Angeles, California. Even I am afraid to go to Los Angeles, California. It is too frightening, too scary, too sketchy to, to even believe. But wait a minute. Hold on. What's the answer? How do you fix this? It's actually really simple. It's a really simple fix. The simple fix is enforce the, the laws on the books. Your constituency can't possibly get angry about that if you say I'm following the laws as written on the books. Blame the Republicans. Blame the Republicans for for not playing ball with the amnesty stuff. But I'm telling you this right now. Every day that border has been wide open. Every day that border has been wide open. I guarantee you it's a year. It's a year of not doing a deal with Joe Biden. Because the attacks on Governor DeSantis, the attacks on Nikki Haley, the attacks on Vivek Ramaswamy, the attacks on um, any of these folks that are running for office are nothing compared to the attacks that have come the way of Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott has stood there in the breach and withstood the, the slings and arrows that have come his way. And he is saying, listen, you are not going to swamp Texas we are not going to be the people who are going to bear everything we possibly can we're gonna ship them we're gonna ship these people to other locations around the country and we're not keeping them in Texas because we don't have the resources Greg Abbott if he's not one of the keynote speakers at the Republican convention then that's a huge mistake because that guy has stood there saying you're not going to just dump a bunch of people in communities And not tell us where you're putting them that's one of the main issues on on immigration they the the people who are at the top of the power dynamic in washington dc are moving people around secretly uh, putting them in this community or that community and i've seen it over a period of decades where people will just be dumped in a community the bus will drive away and it's up to in many cases poor communities along the border to take care of these people, and they don't have the resources. That's a shame. No, that's not just a shame. That is shameful behavior. And that's why I've called for impaneling grand juries and indicting members of uh, the, the Department of Homeland Security's office to, to make them come in and testify, and when they commit perjury, you throw them in the hoose News Talk 1110 Ninety Nine Three wbt Brett Witterbill Show. So New York City principal is attacking parents who opposed closing the high school to accommodate migrants. The principal of a Brooklyn, New York City High School is now attacking parents who had opposed the school, closing its doors to its students on Tuesday to accommodate migrants during a storm. As Breitbart News reported, New York City Mayor Eric Adams moved nearly 2,000 border crossers and illegal aliens into the gym at James Madison High School in uh, in Brooklyn last week. To accommodate the border crossers and illegal aliens, the high school principal, Jody Cohen, said all classes would be virtual for the following day in response to parents protesting outside the school. In a virtual meeting on Zoom, according to the New York Post, Cohen attacked those parents who protested that, the, that they opposed the schools closing to house border crossers and illegal aliens. Quote, I don't understand how people who never come on a Zoom like this could take an opportunity like this to throw mud, Cohen said. This emergency is for one night. The principal explained she decided to have the students attend remotely on Wednesday because it wasn't clear how quickly the building would be ready for classroom use after the migrants were bused back to their shelter. After using the school to accommodate the border crossers and illegal aliens, uh, Adams told ABC News that he had done a great job handling waves of illegal immigrants to New York City, and he told New Yorkers that the sanctuary city policy is not to blame. Well, of course it's not. Of course, of course it's not. When you have anywhere from 2,500 to 4,000 coming in a week, and you have to find housing, food, shelter, clothing, educating the children, health care, that's not sustainable It's a $12 billion hole in the budget of our economy. It's going to impact low-income New Yorkers. And it's going to impact every service in the city. So uh, there you go. The principal yelling at the taxpayers who are paying her salary and yelling at them about the uh, migrants coming in. Stan, welcome to the program. Stan, what's on your mind?
5: How are you doing today, Brett? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, I've got a uh, question. There was a... uh there were three people who were arrested recently, um, and were arrested on the January sixth anniversary date, if you want to call it that. Um, and they were arrested on that date. In my opinion, just to send a message to the rest of us. Of course. Don't dare, don't dare think about doing that again. Of course. No, no. Words. They weren't looking for these people and just happened to find them on January sixth. They set this up to do just that. And it's almost like they're going to send us a message. Sure. That we don't, we don't have free speech rights anymore. Well that's I mean, to yeah. think about. Yeah, no no, that's
0: look, that, they 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 do this kind of stuff all the time. They 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 do this all they they've been arresting people on January 6th in the past and they, they this is the FBI has decided they're going to send a message and show people who's boss. In fact, they they raided, they grabbed them like early in the in the morning of uh of of January sixth. Early Saturday morning at a ranch in Florida on the third anniversary of the January sixth attack on the U.S. Capitol, the, the fan belt inspectors captured three fugitives accused of participating in the riot. The FBI executed three arrest warrants and uh, in, in Groveland, Florida in Lake County, the FBI Tampa Field Office said in a statement. And they, they named the people. Jonathan Daniel Pollock olivia michelle pollack and joseph daniel hutchinson the third so yeah they they went in and, and they grabbed them they, I, I believe they have a list of people that they'll go and grab when 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 the heat gets too hot for, from joe biden remember the day before they went and grabbed those people he gave a big speech about how you're all insurrectionists so i mean i am not surprised by this
5: at all well well, it's almost like not even just the free speech rights and your right to protest. I mean, but like even justice, even like it's almost like the, all the benefits that you can have to be a free people. It's like their army or militia has them and can do and say and do what they want. But the rest of you better not.
0: Well, what's the upside for Biden to 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 not do this? There's no upside. He gets no, he gets yeah, he gets course, extra points. The political motive, but it, Yeah, yeah. yeah. He gets extra points by by his wacko base. And he gets he gets to send Merrick Garland over on MSNBC to show what a good boy he is and how good he's doing, locking people up, all this sort of stuff. Now, look, the reality is this is going to continue if he gets reelected. They, they're going to continue arresting people. They're going to continue doing this. And I imagine that even if if Trump uh, gets elected or, or somebody else gets elected other than Biden, you're still going to have the Department of That's why I call it the Department of Just Us. That's that's yeah, well, be, be, they only you know, protect I, their I, friends. I really got-
5: the guy that called a while ago and said that basically we almost have to be like they do. It's almost like when they do this, we need to just like just get get a whole bunch and just scream louder. No one knows if they're going to shut us up. We're never going to keep the country. Well, we're they're gonna not. They,
0: to, like, the, the, the shutting us up thing is relative because um, as long as you keep talking, you keep talking. I mean, that's 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 what it is. And they're there, I, I I have a suspicion that that. By the uh, time the election comes around, things are going to be clear enough that that they're going to run out of steam in this administration because you can only carry you can only carry a bag of cement for so long. And yeah, and and, and I think I think that's essentially what you see. I think there are people who are clock watching. There are people who are saying, how much longer do we have to do this? Um, when is this going to be done? And at some point you're going to start to see defections. In fact, you actually saw a defection over the weekend. Did you see who quit over the weekend? uh
5: uh-uh, know. John,
0: John Kerry quit as the climate uh, czar. Oh,
5: yeah. yeah I, I did say he quit. Yeah, I did say he quit, yes.
0: And and what is he doing? He, he already announced what he's doing. He's going out to evangelize the message of Joe Biden to voters, which means he's getting as far away as he can from Joe Biden while still talking about Joe Biden.
5: Well, and what you're talking about here is this is why your show and talk radio is so important, because it, this is still allows us to get our message out and realize there are other people Correct. out there like us. And so Correct. we do that here as opposed to where else we would normally have done. it.
0: Correct. And, and here's the deal. I will take callers who are on the left. I will take callers who are on the right. I will take callers in the middle. I will take callers who are...
5: Undecided, whatever. Right. This is this is about conversation. We, we can't use our principles like they have. We have still got to have the free speech. We have still got to listen to all sides.
0: That is that is correct. Now, Stan, I have a question for you. Have okay. you started? Have you started focusing on Daytona yet?
5: Uh, you know what? I, yes, I have, and I will tell you something. The, uh, I watched. The, I wanted to watch the Chiefs and the Dolphins game, and I didn't realize it was going to be on Peacock. Yep. And basically. Uh, i'm I'm kind of perturbed with the NFL for doing that, because mm-hmm. most people already pay $250 a month, at least, for cable and internet. Correct. And then you're going to charge me six more dollars? Well, you can get a subscription to Peacock and then cancel it. No, I'm not going to give you another dime. Mm-hmm. I went to a sports bar, tried to watch it. It wasn't on there. That's and right. And they advertised this game as the uh, most streamed thing ever. Yes. But my, So my my whole thing is, okay, instead of Super Bowl, I'm, I'm waiting for the Daytona 500. Yeah. That's, I, I. I might not even, might not even watch the ball. I might just wait for that total five hundred. The NFL's pissed me off so
0: much. That well, I, listen, I hear you on that one for sure.
5: A- a- absolutely, and uh, we'll yeah. see.
0: We'll see if you guys got the horses this time around. Wait,
5: wait, wait, what about your Cowboys?
0: Oh man. Listen, I take I take all the uh, abuse that anybody wants to give. I've I've watched them. Look, I watched them since the Danny White days, man. I I, I, I used to see the fear in his eyes when he would line up under center. Um you, you had a couple of nice wins uh, under uh uh, under Troy Aikman, but those magical days are, are, are as ancient as Shakespeare at this stage of the game. Uh, yes, yeah,
5: yeah. I think, don't think Zach Prescott's the quarterback to take them to the next level. I uh, really there,
0: there's a lot of people in that organization that are not the people to take them to the next level. That, that's all yeah, I'll say good. about it. All, all right, right, buddy. I'm doing so, Brett. Thanks, man. <laughs> you got it. That's, that's Stan. Always <laughs> love talking to Stan. News Talk 1110 Ninety Nine Three wbt Brett Witterbull Show. All right, totally off uh, the res for politics here. Let me go over here, okay, real quick. This is, this is a very important story, and it's one that I, I don't really know what to make of this because I don't understand what the appeal would be. Let me begin with this. George Carlin's daughter has called out an AI-generated special that uses... George Carlin style jokes. The late comedian, known for his incisive wit and style, died back in 2008. So, AI expert Marva Baylor explains how, even though there are currently laws in place, the average person has more access than ever to create deep fakes of celebrities. So, George Carlin's family is calling out an AI generated comedy special. Using the late comedian's voice and style. It's a platform called, uh, this is so weak, Dude Z. Dude Z. Not Dude with a Z. D U D E S Y. A comedy AI platform founded by Mad TV alum Will Sasso and author and screenwriter Chad Kultgen. They released an hour long comedy special titled George Carlin I'm Glad I'm Dead on YouTube and other platforms in the introduction a robotic voice declares I'm Dudezy, and I'm a comedy AI what you're about to hear is my second hour-long special before I get started I just want to let you know Very clearly that what you're about to hear is not George Carlin. It's my impression of George Carlin that I developed in the exact way a human impressionist would. It continues, I listened to all of George Carlin's material and did my best to imitate his voice, cadence, and attitude, as well as the subject matter, I think would have interested him today. The special then goes on. The, uh, the 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 special then goes on uh, in, in a variety of ways to to play these 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 jokes. Okay, if you're willing to put all this work in, if you're willing to put in all the work to create the dudesy thing, which I think is dumb, is dumsy um, If you're willing to put in all that work, why not just take a comic and help them develop, and then do the jokes that are contemporary today. Like, you understand that all the great comedians, all, all of them going all the way back to the vaudeville days, they had to develop their act that was true to them. Uh, you, you you think about Groucho Marx and the Marx Brothers. You, you think about uh, Lenny Bruce. You think about uh, George Carlin. You think about... In the modern era, Jim Brewer, Dennis Leary, Jerry Seinfeld, um, all of that. All of those people had to develop a style, a wit, a comedy act, a charm, all that sort of stuff. And the only way you do that is talking about what's important to you. The idea that you're going to sit back and say, well, we're going to create a stand-up comedy special in the style of George Carlin. But it's not George Carlin. Okay, it's in the style of George Carlin, but that's not George Carlin. I mean, you, you go you go into Madame Tussaud's museum and you see all these wax figures of very famous people. Those are not famous people. Those are wax figurines that are that are constructed to look like those people. Comedy is this like super granular thing that you have to kind of get a grip on and try to ride and then try to develop it so that it becomes second nature, like a quarterback throwing a football, like a a pitcher throwing a fastball. It becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of you. Like stand-up comedy, when you think about the way stand-up comedy works, the intent is to create the impression that these are people that are just saying funny things shot after shot after shot after shot after shot that's that's what the impression is supposed to be but these are carefully crafted these are carefully crafted they are written they are tightened up and they tell uh, a storyline that runs with an arc now it could be a bunch of different jokes that are strung together, but all you have to do is just go buy a joke book and read it. Try to read it. I don't know if anybody, if you've ever tried to spend time reading a joke book from cover to cover, you get exhausted. It is exhausting because there's not a flow to it. The, the joke books are uh, a plumber goes into a house. Uh, A guy has a thing of grapes. There's somebody else doing this. And so you can't just read a joke book and think that that's like anything that's cohesive. It's like putting a bunch of musical notes on, 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 a, on a piece of paper and saying, well, this is a song. Well, is it, is it a song or is it just random notes? Oh, but the random notes are. I'm just going to go in and tell jokes. I'm going to tell like 55 jokes in a row. And people are going to be like, what the heck was that? I'm glad we didn't pay for this. That was weird. There's ebbs, there's flows, there's all that stuff. And so what Carlin did, remember, what Carlin could do was do jokes, could tell his jokes, could tell a story, could make a point, And then what did he have? The most important thing you can have in comedy. An audience that's reacting in the moment to what you're saying. Maybe you flubbed the joke maybe you you forgot part of the joke maybe you decide to bail on the joke mid joke and do a different joke or tell a different story it's that it's that lightning in a bottle that you can catch while you're up on stage and interact with that audience it's it's the breathing back and forth between the two elements so you can AI everything you want but it's not going to be anywhere near as satisfying as seeing somebody in a live performance with their unique timing and wit facial expressions all of that Isaac with the killer tune way to go that train keeps a rolling baby Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. Come on, the song. This is like so fitting for the uh, for the caucus. I mean, it just really is. Oh, what a great song. Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. Ah. Let me dive into this because um, we are getting closer and closer to the moment of magic, which is called the Iowa caucuses. Uh, earlier today, I referred to them as the Iowa Caucasians. Uh, there are some Caucasians in Iowa, a lot actually, uh, but but I want to talk about the caucus itself because the caucus is you know unlike anything else as as we all well know that you know uh, you think about you think about the tricky triangle uh, if you were racing uh, out at Pocono you know it's kind of unlike everything else on the tracks uh, out there in NASCAR you, you get what I'm saying but this uh, this event tonight. They do have a lot of polling and stuff that they that they are able to reach out with. And you get a lot of kind of reporting sort of off to the side, not at at the moment of the caucus itself. But uh, Donald Trump, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are facing off at these uh, at these caucuses. Uh, Ramaswamy is as well. The caucuses in Iowa will kick off at 7 p.m. Central Time. So we are a little over an hour away from the start uh, of the magic. Uh, Former President Donald Trump, Governor uh, Ron DeSantis, former Ambassador Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy, they're the ones who are uh, shooting it out there. In Iowa, caucusing happens at 1657 precincts across the state, including school gymnasiums, church basements, union halls, community centers, libraries and other places where voters can gather. The GOP caucuses are only open to registered Republicans. However, Iowans can register to change their party affiliation on caucus day. The Democratic Party in Iowa has said that they uh, were encouraging uh, Democrats to go in and become Republicans for the day and going and voting for Nikki Haley. Uh, Here's a here's an interesting question. Which presidential candidates are bringing new voters to the Iowa caucuses? Well, let me give you an example. DeSantis, 20%. Trump, 29%. Haley, 33%. Ramaswamy supporters, 35%. One-third of Ramaswamy and Haley supporters are attending their first caucuses, According to the Fox News voter analysis that's out there for Trump, it's almost three in 10. DeSantis brought in fewer new folks despite visiting all ninety nine counties. Iowa voters overwhelmingly say two qualities are essential for the Republican nominee. What are they? Well, here they are. With what thoughts of your current president in mind, an overwhelming majority says it's important for the Republican candidate to have the mental capability to serve effectively. Almost as many say the same about being a strong leader. Large numbers, about eight in 10, also prioritize defeating Biden. 80 percent want to defeat Biden. What do the other 2 percent or 20 percent want? Hey, just just uh, just do, do something else. Uh, Iowans want change in how the United States is run. Almost all want at least substantial change in the way things are done with one third favoring complete and total upheaval. That's big. That is is big. Um, What do they think about the financial situation? This is another question that was asked by the Fox News uh, folks. All right. uh, When it comes to Iowa Republicans and what they think about their family's financial situation, well, it's not really surprising. Just about one in 10 say they're getting ahead. Three times that say they're falling behind, and a majority say they're holding steady. So 57% say that they are holding steady. 32% say they are falling behind. 11% are saying they're getting ahead. Uh, so this is, this is the kind of stuff that they're talking about. The border is important. The economy is important. Now, I, I would also argue... That in that mix, you're going to see stuff that is important as well, like public safety, um, uh, the ability to to choose your car, your vehicle, uh, all, all that sort of stuff. I mean, this is this is a big, big deal um, to think about. But voters, no matter where you live, no matter where you live. So if you live in South Carolina or North Carolina, if you live in Iowa, if you live in New Hampshire, if you live Um, And in any of these places, surprisingly and almost unanimously, the same issues are at play. You're going to have a few that are unique to a particular location, but it is the economy, stupid. Um, It it is it is the border uh, situation. It is our standing in the world. It is the concerns uh, about uh, whether or not men can compete against women in in collegiate sports and high school sports, et cetera. It is going to be an issue uh, surrounding uh, whether or not your Social Security is going to be secure, uh, whether or not your streets are going to be safe, whether or not uh, people are hard on crime, soft on crime. All of these things are are sort of very well-known issues that come to people's minds. There aren't a lot of surprises. We're, We're not officially... A nation that is at war uh, right now, as far as the, the public is concerned. But we are running military operations in a variety of locations around the world. But we are not formally at war. We have you know, seen with the, with the Houthis. Uh, we have seen with uh, Hezbollah and Hamas. We, we have seen with uh, the reconstitution of ISIS. We've seen challenges, obviously, coming from China. We've seen challenges coming from, uh, from North Korea, uh, Russia. But we're not formally at war. You know, back in two thousand and four, in two thousand and eight, that was still a tremendous issue that people were concerned about. How is the direction of the war uh, going? When are we going to finally finish this up and bring the boys and girls home? All that sort of stuff. But you've also got social issues too, like. Uh, d- drug, drug uh, addiction, uh, specifically fentanyl murders uh, that are being carried out. People will use the phrase all the time, oh, it's a, it's a, he overdosed on fentanyl, the, the fentanyl was an overdose. The, the experts in the field of dealing with this understand full well that these counterfeit narcotics that are being sold, that are killing children and families, um, These are these are something very specific. These are poisonings. And some have argued, some of the presidential candidates have argued, that what we're seeing take place is not just poisonings, but it's chemical warfare being waged against a civilian population in the United States. You've heard from Ron DeSantis talking about uh, a need to use U.S. military special forces to go and fight the cartels. Uh, You've heard a lot of different prescriptions uh, in this regard. But the fact of the matter is... um, What's going to be tested tonight is who do these people think can win? See, it's not just their ideas or their policy prescriptions. It's about who can win. That's really what it comes down to. Like going in and laying a bet on a horse. Um, You are betting who you think can win. And that's why you will congregate with a particular group of people in one corner or the other corner or something like that. And there will be moments where people might go uh, uh, caucus with uh, Nikki Haley and then they, maybe they'll go to Ramaswamy and then they'll end up in Trump or they'll end up in, in DeSantis. This stuff is playing out in a lot of different ways with a lot of different dynamics, with a lot of different constituents. So we're going to keep an eye on this overnight. I'll be up on Twitter. Uh, I'll have some commentary about that. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, this this night. Uh, it's finally here. It's underway. And we are just about an hour away from the beginning of the uh, Iowa caucuses. Coming up next, we got the show with, uh, with uh, the coach, Hubert Davis. Looking forward to that as well. Check me out on Twitter at Winterville Show. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much to Tommy and Isaac, TJ, Anna, and Pam. I am Brett Witterville. Looking forward to tomorrow and the results. You're listening to News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. The Coaches Show with Hubert Davis is up next on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT.